listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome back to Grave Discussions. This is episode number 35, Suspiriorum. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome back. After a long October month full of tricks and treats, it's now November. I hope that you all had a fantastic Halloween night, and uh, welcome back. So today, we're going to be discussing primarily brand new film that came out but it's a brand new film that has you know shades of an older flick we're going to be talking about the new Suspiria and we're going to be bringing back our two other segments and talking about a few other uh, films as well and today they've all got kind of you know a a unique theme between them so I think that's going to be a pretty interesting discussion before we get into everything though we just want to give a quick shout out to Sports Radio Detroit uh, you can catch them on all of their social media. Sam, why don't you tell them where they can you find You can them. find Sports Radio Detroit SRD on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They are the only ones called SRD. Mm-hmm. We're in there. We are in there, deep in there. Deep in there. Yeah. Go check uh, out Sports Radio Detroit and all their social media. And uh, be sure to follow and check out our show and all the other great shows. So let's jump right into the news for today. Uh, this is from a few days ago but one of the biggest things i saw was about this officially licensed long unproduced sequel to night of the living dead That's oh gonna, shit yep. yeah i heard about that yeah it's gonna be coming out from the original team now there's been some criticism about this because this is supposed to be coming from the original screenwriter but apparently there was a book or something out that was about this and a lot of people didn't like it so i'm not really sure what to think but i love this movie so to see another film in the series is awesome but technically we already had sequels in like day of the dead and dawn of the dead so i don't really understand why this is like being like labeled a sequel but uh didn't like the two like there were like multiple people on it right i think it was romero and who's the other dude so well on night of the living dead yeah it was romero and then i mean it was written by more people but john a russo was another big because didn't they separate and then uh and then it was it wasn't was it romero that started doing the of the living dead and then the, the other dude started doing the no no, no. romero did day of the dead yeah, Dawn of the dead yeah, stuff. yeah you're right and, and then, then russo i think did i believe he did return of the living dead so because i know he did yeah. i'm pretty sure he did a lot of those mm-hmm. living living dead movies because that was his thing after those two kind of had like yeah drifted apart yeah i'd have to i have to read more on it but i think russo ended up doing night of or return of the living dead and starting all of that but night of the living dead was the foundation for all of that stuff and i guess it's cool that there's a new movie coming out i just kind of am curious as to like what it's about um and like how it's supposed to be a direct sequel like is it just going to knock away day of the dead and dawn of the dead like are those not going to be canon anymore like what's i think that's what they're on? going with ever since halloween like you know they're like hey all these other movies ignore them i think a lot of these movies are going to start doing that now mm-hmm. uh, yeah i don't know i mean just what just to give <laughs> like just to introduce like a new canon you know like just for a money grab i think now because look you see what happened with lebron james after halloween was successful he wanted to reboot friday the 13th and that's only because of the success of halloween so i mean it's a cash grab along i think this is too because no one's just been sitting around hey how could i want a sequel to the original night of the living dead like i yeah i mean at this point like it seems like changing the canon of horror movies is like the thing now like yo let's let's forget this let's make a new canon because i mean tv shows yeah. like 
cartoons, at least like animes, they they do that type of shit, like with like the well, with having movies and stuff. Oh, this is non-canon. This is part of alternate timeline. Yada yada yada. So. Yeah, I guess the thing that's different about this one is that you know this was something that was written already like way back then, like when Night of the Living Dead first came out. So it's just a kind of like a lost movie, I guess. But yeah, I don't know about the whole canon thing. I mean, I get why Halloween did it because a lot of those movies everybody thought sucked. But like Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, those are like universally acclaimed horror movies. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. But anyway, it's coming out, and um, I believe there was talk about releasing it in 2019. So just stay on the lookout for that. Next up, uh, also zombie related, Andrew Lincoln apparently uh, will be reprising the role of Rick Grimes in three Walking Dead movies that are going to air on AMC. Um, I, I believe that the character just had his last episode in the show. They officially, like, got rid of him. But, of course, they're going to bring him back because money, you know, but... Uh, so, what happened in the show? Like, did they, like, skip forward 10 years and he's dead? No. Okay, so, spoiler alert. I, I just read this. Apparently, there was a scene where there was a group of zombies attacking, like, Rick's group on a bridge. And then he he did something. He, like, blew up the bridge or some shit like that. And then he got, like, whisked away in a helicopter by somebody because he was really hurt or something. So, I don't know. It kind of sounded like a dumb send-off, but apparently it was a good episode. I don't know. Yeah, we, we don't really watch Walking Dead anymore, but... Yeah, it's been a while, bro. Like, I mean, last time I actually gave a shit about The Walking Dead, and I was keeping up, I was keeping up every week with it up until, like, the end of, like, the whole Governor thing. Mm-hmm. I stopped watching then. Yeah, that was about where it started falling off, kind of, in my opinion. I, I withstood, like, a few more seasons, but that was about it. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I came back to watch uh, Glenn get his head bashed in by Negan. Yeah. Just to see the look on everyone's face, because, I don't know, I found it comedic just to mm. watch, like, everyone's, like, beloved character die. And I, I, I had nothing against Glenn. I just, I want the whole series to die already. So that's why when yeah. Glenn died, I was like, uh-oh, this is step one. This is step one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that was like a huge scene in the in the comic. So yeah, I know that. I think everybody like had they to tune it, in just for it, that. It was pretty accurate too. Like yeah, it was. I, I feel like it was a little more gruesome in the in the comic, but the show had it pretty you know pretty right. I think. But yeah, it it totally fell off, and now I don't know what's going to happen with the show. But Rick is coming back uh, in some movies. I don't know exactly what they're going to be about, I, but it's supposed to take place after his whole you know rescue or whatever him getting taken away so be on the lookout for those there's no uh, scheduled release dates i believe announced yet so uh next up uh, another bit of friday the 13th news for all you jason Voorhees fans oh yeah i heard of this i heard about this they were talking about this in those horror groups yeah so if you're familiar with it we've talked about it before never hike alone was another fan film with yeah, jason one, Voorhees. i like that one a lot I still gotta watch it, but uh, that one has come out already. I believe it was last year it came out, and they just started sending out the Blu-rays, I believe, to all the like Indiegogo oh, or shit. whatever you know funding platform they use, like all the backers and stuff, which is pretty cool. I wish I had gotten into that, <laughs> but they're making a new fan film, and uh, I believe it's supposed to be called Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance, starring C.J. Graham who nice. was uh, Jason Voorhees before. So. Part, part six, Jason. Yep, part six. He Jason. was my favorite Jason. Same. Honestly, to me, like, Kane Hodder is okay, but when you kind of pay attention to, like, the Jason movies he was in, think about it. He was in part seven, part eight, mm-hmm. Jason Goes to Hell, and Jason X. Jason X was a crap movie. We all know that. We only liked it because nostalgia yeah. and because we're Jason fanboys. It's got that corny factor, you know, like, oh, it's in space. And uh, I don't know why uh, people hated Jason Takes Manhattan. I liked it. That was like one of my favorite Jasons, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the only like depiction of Jason from Kane Hodder that like I really enjoyed. In Part Seven, mm-hmm. he was just like too like big and like I don't know. He was like wide as fuck, and he was like slow. He was like Frankensteinish, you know. Mm-hmm. In Part Six, he was like hauling ass, and he had those like jump out of the tree kills. He was using throwing knives and. Part seven, he was just this lumbering dumb fuck, you know. That's what I didn't like. Yeah. And he was getting, plus he was facing a psychic chick, so like that that kind of killed it for me. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. supernatural elements, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> it, the whole supernatural thing started in part six, the whole lightning, you know, hitting the fucking 
yeah the, the rod and bringing him back to life right. but whatever the fuck that that at least that one was good and i'm glad they're making a sequel to it because after part six we didn't know what the fuck happened to tommy jarvis yeah so this movie actually is supposed to kind of, well i don't know if it's supposed to answer that question but it does involve tommy jarvis's daughter angelica darvis now remember angelica jarvis now remember this is uh all unofficial so you know i'm not sure if these characters will ever appear in a future canon like friday the 13th film but yeah angelica jarvis the daughter of tommy goes to the camp trying to find her father but also a way to destroy jason Voorhees. so this is this sounds kind of like you know a halloween 2018 sort of thing like his daughter is going to hunt you know jason like that sort of thing and try to find answers and stuff like that but i think this one could be cool um fan films usually are very passionate projects yeah like i said never hike alone was good Mm -hmm. and this one as an official sequel to jason lives i wonder what kind of like supernatural elements they're gonna put into play like is it just gonna be you know immortal jason or i don't know i think (laughs) it is because actually part six didn't really established that he was like immortal it only established that like they just didn't kill him at the end mm-hmm. and he was trapped in the lake you know yeah so he they maybe they might change it you know maybe, maybe jason's killable mm-hmm. in this canon they could change it or i mean since it's already kind of been established and since it is a sequel they they're totally in the right to make it supernatural as well i and think y- so i'm just curious like to see i hope how they, they do, do because like are these horror icons like freddy jason michael they're not supposed to be able to die period like that's yeah you know that's the whole point of them so like i don't know even in the new michael movie it seemed like they made him mortal which i didn't like that he could die Mm -hmm. when in all the other movies he was getting shot down by firing squad he's oh just gotta get a little better i'll be back Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah that's why there's differences like between those types of movies and stuff like i mean even sleepaway camp or like the burning like you know those movies yeah they're messed up people and they're like killers and everything but they can die you know and you expect them to kind of yeah uh but yeah with like these icons they're just meant to keep living but you're supposed to feel happy for the hero at the end you know still being victorious over the killer so that, you, you could be vic- you could be victorious without killing the killer. I I just think Michael and Jason should never die. Like, sure, Tommy Jarvis and Jason could get into it, and then Tommy comes out on top because he chains him and then cuts his neck and then traps him. But mm-hmm. I don't think you should ever be able to kill these these yeah. you know icons. Like I don't know. So yeah, we'll see what kind of an ending they choose to to take with this as well. Uh, be on the lookout for Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance. That's coming from uh, filmmakers Jeremy Brown, who is do- uh, the director, and hopefully they, they you know want to release it real soon. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I got a couple of trailer announcements for you guys real quick here, and then we'll move into our main segments. So the first is uh, one called Patience of a Saint. Now this is a foreign film. Uh, it's just says it's releasing in 2019, so no set date yet. But this one's pretty cool. It's some kind of a, like a take on the undead, you know, subgenre, but in a like mental institution. I think I think it's a mental institution uh, or a prison. So it sounds pretty cool. And uh, there's a you know still from the movie, and there's a trailer out, obviously. So for me, it looks pretty pretty dope, actually. Next up is a movie called May the Devil Take You. Now, I'm really excited about this one. It's coming out November 15th on Netflix. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And is it another foreign flick? It is another foreign flick. Uh, this one is an Indonesian movie by director Timo Chajanto. I don't know how to say his name. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a huge up-and-coming director. He just did um, The Night Comes For Us, which is also on Netflix. He did uh, Headshot, I believe with Iko Uwais. He's like a huge martial arts star now. So this one is coming out and this one is being kind of labeled, like marketed as a Sam Raimi-esque movie. And if you watch the trailer, it does actually seem like it. There's like a cabin, it's kind of isolated. There's like a book, you know, so it's kind of evil deadish. It looks pretty cool to me. 
It looks dope, and they got Satan's Islamic name in the original title. Sebelum Iblis, something input. I can't see because of the because that little thing right there. But yeah, Iblis, like that's funny. They used his Islamic name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. Honestly, the the trailer and it doesn't look particularly like scary, but I do get the vibe of you know kind of Evil Deadish. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. Now this last movie uh, is not a foreign movie. It's by director Stu Stone. It's Scarecrows. Is this a remake? Uh, no, I don't believe this is supposed to be a remake. This one is about a farmer who, I guess, is just really angry. I don't know what his oh, problem is. Oh, okay, I just read the premise. So, yeah. there's a killer who turns victims into scarecrows while they're still living. Yeah, to so like, because he doesn't like them trespassing on his land is like, kind of the takeaway I don't so it's gonna it be one of those like uh those body horrors like fucking tusk and yeah i mean i think it probably is meant to be kind of creepy because they're supposed to you know be like trapped as scarecrows uh i don't know it looks kind of the trailer looks kind of goofy like sort of low budget you know but in a, like a bad way yeah uh but for some reason this one has been kind of making the rounds so i decided to cover it it looks kind of bad but if you're interested in it, it is coming out on VOD December 11th, and then on uh, DVD and Blu-ray February 1st of 2019. So that's a little farther away. Seems like it's gonna be one of those like those like random sci-fi channel horror movies, you know, like Sci-Fi Presents. Yeah. Like. Hey, it kind of looks a little gorier than what you would normally see on Sci-Fi, but it it still looks pretty bad. It, it looks not like the best produced you know film in the world uh, hopefully it's not like what's that one film that you ordered and you had to return it oh yeah oh god it was something lane like bone oh bone hill road yeah yeah that, I, that acting was uh it was really bad the acting was bad the I, cinematography I, I, was bad the dude. score was bad the trailer looked the lighting good. the lighting the lighting was probably the worst thing about that yeah. movie other than the acting the lighting was so bad the actual creature effects in the in the trailer for that film looked decent but we, we started watching like the first i don't know 15 20 minutes and i was like i gotta go dude yeah <laughs> fuck that i was not feeling that movie i did anyway let but, me get my eight dollars back yeah i just canceled it it was it was more than that. It was like 13 bucks or something on Amazon. Yeah, it's definitely it, not worth yeah, it. Yeah, not worth it. Imagine how much food you could buy for $13. Yeah, it's quite And a, you quite bought a, Bone Hill Road. You probably bought it from, like, the actual, like, director, right? Or some shit. Uh, or, like, someone from the... Not yeah, just some yeah, random yeah. guy. That's hilarious. It's like, <laughs> hey, I saw your movie. I don't like it. So here. No, yeah. I don't think it was from, like, the actual director, but I, I don't know. You know what we need nowadays? I think, like, people who are just, like, sending out these movies, like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... We're in the PC age, which means, which means be politically correct. That doesn't mean you can't be honest with people. Just don't be a dick. So if someone's movie's bad, be like, yo, your camera was, your camera work was like terrible. It mm -hmm. felt like I was watching a child record, you know, like, I think you should be able to tell people that their art is complete shit without them getting offended because like, yeah. people, oh, it's my, it's art. This is my life. Then, well, you need to find a better way to life because... <laughs> that was not good yeah i think uh i think people need to be more critical of movies nowadays like mm -hmm. be a little bit more harsh like yeah people need to be more accepting of criticism too i mean i, I feel like yeah a lot of directors will fucking cry if you tell them like yeah why don't you make a movie bitch you asked me for my opinion the fuck yeah well i mean a lot of good directors though can take criticism well, oh yeah so that's why exactly good directors, yeah, yeah. like if you told john carpenter you know halloween was good but what i didn't like mm. was you know when michael was getting shot off the balcony his movements weren't realistic he'll be like well yeah it was 1978 you'd be like yeah i guess so and then yeah. you just move on with your life yeah i mean everybody pretty much has a reason for why they did something that they did so nowadays everyone's a pansy you can't tell someone you don't like their yeah. movie they're like well you don't know what art me me he 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 me me like yeah. bro if directing is not for you, it's not for you. I can't fucking sew a basket or sew you some slippers. And if I tried to make you slippers and the slippers fucking sucked, they don't keep you warm. You're not just going to wear them like, hey, bro, thanks for these, you know. Mm -hmm. Got holes in them, but, you know, you made them, so I got to be nice to you. We got to stop. Yeah. We got to stop. <laughs> be more honest with filmmakers. Yeah. Don't just tell them their work is great when, like, we you see that it's a mm -hmm. steaming pile of crap. And not saying that in, like, a complete negative way. 
the greatest thing about a movie that's a steaming pile of crap is you can improve it that's all you can do to it is yeah. make it better you yeah the only way people so. get better is by having you know actually getting criticism and improving on their mistakes and so. like some of these directors like they film like their camera work and their, the cinematography it's like they've never watched a movie it's like yo bro do you know what camera angles are like mm-hmm. do you know how to like you know I don't what, think like, a lot of them do bro like they just use like the weirdest shakiest I don't know it just seems like it's recorded off like a fucking android you mm-hmm. know like I don't yeah you can tell I mean even dude like the kind of cameras and stuff that they had back in you know the 80s 90s early 2000s like that stuff is not that far away from cameras that you can get now like obviously it's professional grade equipment you know but you can still film something with like a pretty affordable camera now and still have it look good so yeah you just have to you just have to know anyway scarecrows is coming out December we 11th told, on VOD. I just had to let that out, bro, because like I, no, we've I been we've been getting slapped with a lot of crap movies lately. Yeah, and uh, like they're no, always gonna like no one tells these people that they're crap movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people are being a little more, you know, nice. critical. Well, I, I think there are more people being a little more critical now of of movies, but yeah, especially when you just surround yourself with like family friends that tell you, "Oh, yeah, it's great." Yeah, you know, as a, like an as like an indie director that stuff tends to kind of slip through the cracks but anyway let's move on now be on the lookout for all of those movies let us know what you think about them if you see them we're going to move on to our first segment which uh you know is is a return to form here yeah i was gonna say we're back with our classic setup yep we're gonna start with the cult corner (laughs) i had to this week's cult corner it's been a while since i did that shit yep is uh, about a film released in 1990 by director Adrian Lyne. Which is one of the first of its kind, actually. Mm-hmm. As you had mentioned to me, the year it came out, 1990, we didn't really... Back in those days, like we didn't really see a lot of like psychological horror. It was mostly like monsters and slashers. And mm-hmm. getting into the 90s, like they needed something new. And before Scream came along, I guess this was like the trend they were following was these these psychological thrillers because it worked extremely well with Angel Heart. I think Angel Heart was probably like the one of the first I've ever seen like yeah. from at least from like the the 80s cuz most of them were like it was psychological but like it was for the main part supernatural but this one was like like all psychological. Yeah. So So this one was Angel Heart I guess like this had the same type of vibes as Angel Heart, you know, mm-hmm. with like the the unsettling score and like there was a lot of build up and nervousness for like the most part of the movie and when stuff would happen it would just be like you'd be like yo is this like legit happening or is he like freaking the fuck out right now mm-hmm. or is he even just freaking out or is this shit real and so this was like one of those first movies that like kept you guessing and honestly up until like the end i didn't know what the fuck like to make of it you know yeah. so we're talking about jacob's ladder here oh yeah if you guys didn't know <laughs> uh so yes the this is a, a hyper psychological type of, of horror film and it, it was a horror film you know we're exploring this i believe he was in the army veterans uh i think he was a medic wasn't basically. he because they call him doctor yeah he was like an army medic or something and i believe he fought in vietnam yeah that so was it. he has ptsd he constantly has flashbacks of his time in vietnam and kind of as his days go on he starts seeing these you know random like hallucinatory images in real life and he's not sure if it's all in his head or you know what is going on so that's that's the basic premise of the film but yeah it's it's definitely one of the first of its kind i think at least in like american horror yeah you know because yeah coming off of like the slasher age the 90s was really kind of when at least here in america these types of films were coming out yeah they were trying to see if they would work and like they did but then they like like i said late 90s then they diverted their attention to slashers again because of scream yeah even though scream was like a smarter slasher but it was but still i mean and and it kind of all circled back around to like the type of films that we have now which are becoming even more intelligent and clever and you know trying to interject like all these themes so jacob's ladder honestly was a very heavy film um not only given its ending where you know spoiler alert you find out that he's been basically dead the entire time yeah. you know this entire time he's dealing 
with this PTSD, which is a serious subject, you know, to cover. And it's probably a difficult subject to cover. So the, the way that they handled it was really interesting. But yeah, they created this entire like terrifying scenario about what this guy is experiencing after the war. The the when he almost like all those times he almost got ran over by those like faceless things mm-hmm. like and like when he'd see like people in front of him like turning like his uh his girlfriend that he he met her at the post office or whatever that what was her name i forget her name she was uh yeah i don't i don't remember i don't remember her name i just remember jacob singer but when uh mm-hmm. when when she like she's like is anyone in there and then he's like who are you like because she had those big demon eyes and like oh yeah it, it was honestly it was really effective because it felt like uh it almost felt like it was kind of like a hyper realistic type of film you know like it didn't really feel like it was supposed to be a horror movie so whenever you saw these like things you know from his perspective anyway it was pretty freaky because the movie doesn't like really give you this like you know like odd unsettling atmosphere that much you know like not suspenseful per se yeah things just kind of happen when they happen and i imagine that that's how it would kind of be in real life you know yeah like you don't hear like some organ just playing and then yeah. from the sky and shit <laughs> and uh and then you like see something pop out you know it's yeah, like no, literally it's just random as fuck like, you just turn your head and there's like some guy without a face standing there <laughs> so shit. it's it's pretty it's pretty scary yeah there's a similar film called them that i think kind of plays on like the same sort of thing but yeah, Jacob's Ladder was kind of revolutionary in that sense, in that it, you know, just directly addressed uh, PTSD. This was one of the first movies I really saw that kind of, like, metaphorically linked mental disorders and, like, the supernatural and, mm-hmm. like, uh, most of the slashers in the 80s were escaped mental patients. But it was just kind of, like, straight, he's crazy, he's coming to get you. Mm-hmm. And this one was, like, are you crazy? Oh no, you have PTSD. No, you're dead. Like what? Yeah. Like yeah. This so. I mean, this was the, yeah because there wasn't even like a killer in this one. This was really just about like this guy's. It was about Jacob's mental journey. Yep. Yeah. So I Sh- thought that that was should have figured out he was uh he was dead by the title Jacob's Ladder. He's climbing the ladder to heaven. Yeah. At least he got to be with his kid. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I. I but you know, I think he that shouldn't the, have left. Maybe his son would be alive hadn't he left him home alone. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Macaulay if he hadn't Cul- gone off the war. Macaulay Culkin's in this movie, people. Yeah, I, I honestly I forgot about that. It was pretty weird. I didn't even. <laughs> I was like, yo, is he making like a cameo? Like, and mm-hmm. then I I looked and it was like, no, he's actually like, he's like hardcore in this film in the yeah. flashbacks. Like, yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff. And this was then. before Home Alone, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Home this was Alone before was... he got big, so no one's looking at him like, hey, look, education yeah. yeah, left him. Yeah, he was alone. much younger. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if this was his first movie or not, but anyway, I was going to say about the title. I, th- I think that it's a reference to like the Bible. Uh, yeah. Like, a, well, like, isn't it like a ladder of chaos or something like that? Something. Yeah. Some, something like that. But I mean, it, that makes sense because as the movie goes on, it progressively becomes more and more crazy, you know, and he becomes more and more crazy. But we, as the audience also kind of can tell that something isn't quite right because his hallucinations start becoming more tied into like you know heaven and god and stuff like that and there's mentions of all all that kind of religious stuff earlier in the film as well yeah like when his buddy said he was going to hell and then he went to go start his car and the car blew up and he's Mm -hmm. like he told his old army buddies like you know he told me he was going to hell yeah But, you know, it doesn't, like, push all that stuff in your face, though, which is what I really like. They're really subtle with it. But at the same time, like, they kept you guessing, like, yo, like, is this going to be, like, a psychological horror movie? Or, like, is this shit, like, legit? And you find out it's Mm. not legit. Yeah, I thought that that was interesting. I mean, you weren't really quite sure how it was going to end, which I liked. It wasn't very predictable. Like, the movie itself seemed slow. But it wasn't a slow burn. Like, shit kept happening, like, over and over yeah. and over and over and over. Yeah, it just wasn't, like, in-your-face horror the whole time, yeah. you know. But there was still stuff happening. Like, you could tell th- throughout pretty much every scene that his, like, you know, mental state was deteriorating. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it kept you it kept you hooked, you know, because you, you were never sure what was going to happen. There wasn't really, like, a lull ever. 
I really enjoyed the score too. Yeah, the score was great. It wasn't like anything special, but like during like those like weird moments where he'd see like the faceless characters, they have the like you know, it was just it was yeah. just unsettling. It was one of those like it didn't make me nervous. It just I don't know. I just didn't feel good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it definitely for me, it felt like just a darker drama with these like psychological horror like subtones. You know. Yeah. That's that's what it felt like for me, but it it was a great film. I think it definitely deserves its cult status because, you know, at the time that it was released, not a whole lot of movies were tackling these kind of themes in this way. No. So what really reminds me of Angel Heart too is like the whole army aspect because you remember yeah he had uh, he had amnesia, Harry Angel and Angel Heart. So like, I think this movie was was inspired like some like at least a little bit by Angel Heart because when did Angel Heart come out? Uh, I think two years before this. 88? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's totally possible. I mean, they do kind of have the same vibe. Except this one, yeah, it's the same vibe, I, I think. Even though Angel Heart's more like a true crime kind of thing. I was going to say, Angel Heart is like actually supernatural, you yeah. know? Yeah. But it does deal with like PTSD, the flashbacks, the nightmares, the shell shock and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. like, I think both movies did like a great job at showing that like the effects of war on people yeah definitely um i mean even kind of in their own way they're sort of like anti-war films almost exactly yeah so it's cool i mean yeah they took it a very mature and like difficult to handle subject and they did it well without forcing it down your throat yeah so uh go check out jacob's ladder if you have not let us know your thoughts uh you can talk to us on all our social media of course before we get into our main segment here we just wanted to open it up to some of the other guys on the Sports Radio Detroit Network. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a, he's a like a rock star, you know? He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody had I mean, so many just, feelings. I do. So many I feelings. I got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. So our main segment this episode is going to be about the new Suspiria. Now, at the time of this recording, it's been out for about two weeks, so I think we can be a little looser with spoilers, but I don't want to give anything too, like, crazy away. Yeah, I I won't give it away. We'll we'll be spoiler-free. Yeah, Um, because, you know, the, the film did come out in some theaters but i think it came out in only about 300 theaters at you know like the release weekend yeah and we 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 found one yeah but there was one like pretty close to us um it was only like one of two that were in southeast michigan so Damn. that it's pretty crazy yeah the movie grossed 1.2 million dollars in those 300 some theaters on opening uh weekend i don't know how it's done since then but i think it's open in some more theaters but it still might be kind of hard to find. So if you can find it, and we got lucky. go check it out if you want. Or, to well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yep. So uh, the film released this year, directed by Luca Guadagnino, is... So here's what I'm going to say, first of all, okay? If you haven't seen the movie yet and you're deciding if you want to go see it or not, if, you, if, you, if you're leaning toward yes, there's a few things you got to keep in mind, okay? And I'm just going to be honest about them. One... It's not really a, a remake. remake. It's a yeah. reimagination. That's yeah. the that's that's the difference because it's like you I, cannot go into this one like like I did. I was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah! I just watched this, the old Suspiria like recently. Yeah. Can't wait to see what they're gonna do with this. And like this one's just different, like yeah. completely different. If, if I had to make a comparison, this is to like the original Suspiria as like the new Evil Dead is to the original kind of. Like, I would say pretty different. Uh, this is this is more so different than how yeah, Evil it's Dead still is. More different, how the but, Evil Dead is. 
but kind of like that. I mean, it's more of like an homage to the original exactly. film. It's not, yeah, it's not a remix. Cause it's, not the, it's not even the same fucking story. Right. Well, ish, yeah, but not really. Like, you, and how it pans out, too, like, yeah. you know, I don't... Okay, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. It just does not pan out, like, you're, if you're expecting the end of this movie or even the middle mm-hmm. or the beginning the beginning kind of yeah without the whole like i'm pretty sure in the first one there was like a suicide right uh well it wasn't a suicide you just got killed but like well, you know suicide like quote quotation yeah, like right. that's what they but in this one it was just like she's gone she's a terrorist <laughs> somewhere she's sending bombs to people because of witches oh my yeah. like so it's, what <laughs> so basically in the new suspiria and i'll i'll say one last thing too it's fucking weird it's a weird oh my God. movie. Super atmospheric. What I really enjoyed, dude, the cinematography in this mm-hmm. movie is like for me a ten out of ten. Yeah. Like those 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 like those high high shots and like the close up shots of the fucking main characters mm-hmm. and the fucking the alternating shots between I'm not gonna specify, it's not really between the dancing and the bone breaking. Yeah. Dude, that was that was yeah. a really good part. But like I felt like I felt like that dragged on. Yeah. But like I felt like the movie kinda felt like yeah. it was like it way too long. It was it was a long film. It clocked in at close to like two and a half hours. Yeah, dude, two hours and thirty two minutes. Yeah. So and then like the original I believe was like an hour and a half or something like that. So expect a longer experience, but you'll you'll kind of understand why it's so longer so aesthetically though the movie is wonderful yeah the camera work in the film is amazing i'll I'll say that for without a doubt yeah luca you did a fucking amazing job with the camera work holy shit and the score yeah the score was the score was awesome so i mean yeah like i said don't go into this expecting argento's thing because there's no goblin so that score (laughs) the classic like suspiria theme it's not in this film so if you go into it expecting to hear that, you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah, don't. But the score just, is still really good. You know how I like, at, like at first I wanted to like I was like you know what let me like I'm gonna go into this movie you know like hopefully it's like the original. But then I thought about it, I'm like it's 2018. Mm-hmm. I just thought about how horror movies are made nowadays. Like I thought of like Woman Woman in Black that was like the first one I came to mind. I was like let me go into the, this theater with like that type of attitude because when I saw Woman in Black I was like. I didn't expect shit out of it. I just saw Woman in Black. That sounds... You got my attention right there. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to see it. Like, So this one, I walked into it like with like kind of high hopes that it would be like... That we would see some demonic shit like going on. like, mm-hmm. And like there would be like some sort of like mystery to it. Like the original one, it was kind of like... It was kind of like a mystery. But this one was mm-hmm. more like right off the bat in your face. Like, oh yeah, witches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because... That they- was the difference too. That there was no mystery in this. Right. I mean, yeah, Argento, you know, as a giallo director, the whole mystery in the original Suspiria just kind of found its way in there because that's who he is as a director. Yeah, like, that's exactly. the kind of stories that mm-hmm. he likes to tell. What's going on here? Yeah. I don't know. Something weird. Oh, should we go check it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go check out. Fuck witches, bro. Like, I mean, e- even from the simple fact that, like, you see a black-gloved killer going around, like, killing all these girls at the, at the Academy in, in the original film. Yeah. But... The new movie is not like that at all. That's where it really diverges from the 77 one is just the narrative because the original film takes place at this dance academy. It follows this American girl who's trying to be, you know, a great dancer and everything. And she kind of like slowly uncovers this whole like witch conspiracy at the school, right? And that's about it. The new Suspiria, however, has way more like substance and themes and everything into yeah. it there's all this social political stuff uh in the background concerning because this is in like uh i think 70s yeah uh germany so it it has playing in the background all this like red army faction stuff you know Bayer meinhof stuff like all of that basically uh like students rebelling against you know the conservative government in germany and like all the you know nazi stuff that they couldn't get rid of and and everything like that so all that stuff's happening in the background so the whole time you're kind of like what does this have to do with with witches at you know a ballet academy or whatever and it kind of doesn't really seem like it is relevant but at the same time 
like when you consider the themes sort of because there's a lot about this like representation of the witches that has to do with like guilt and it's it's kind of like metaphorical stuff almost you know like different feelings and emotions and like abusing power and stuff like that there's a lot of you know mentions to this stuff like peppered in motherhood was like a big thing in this film too Mm -hmm. because like the main character you saw like one of the what was what was her name uh which one the one that got the one that got you remember when when we saw when we saw all the witches in the room and she was the one trying to protect her the one with the black hair uh yeah i don't remember her name madam madam blanc was it no that wasn't her the one that was like Susie's like mentor the one yeah, that, Madame, that, Madame Blanc. Yeah, Tilda her, Swinton. Her, yeah, like she was like trying to be like the mother figure. You even saw like the whole, mm-hmm. the whole time like she's trying to push her, but like at the same time not be like coddling, but like she was like very protective of her. Yeah, one of the biggest things in this movie though is her character is in this like power struggle with uh, Mother Marcos, yeah. who is like, but it's it's different in this film. So basically, in, in the first movie, if you know. Mother Marcos is like the head witch. And in this movie she's like rumored to be one of the three mothers. But you're we're not you're not sure if she is or not. So there's this like internal power struggle going on within the academy. And Mother Marcos is kind of like this really like spiteful, you know, just mean witch. She just wants power. And yeah, Madame Blanc portrayed by Tilda Swinton in in a phenomenal performance, by the way. Yeah. Um you know, it's kind of like on she the other my, end. She was my favorite. Yeah, she was great. And apparently she played three roles in this movie. You're she, shitting me. She not only played Madame Blanc, she played Helena Marcos in all that makeup and special effects. And she also played the doctor, Joseph Klemperer, and he, who is billed as a, an actor called Lutz Ebersdorf, but it's actually Tilda Swinton. It's her? Yeah. She she was the doctor? Yep, she was the, the male doctor, Joseph Klemperer. Yep. No way. It was in the entire movie, yeah. You're kidding. They only revealed it like in a interview like after the movie was released, I think. Dude, that's fucking crazy. She did fucking No wonder she was my fucking favorite. I love dude. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Yeah. She was she was great in this film, honestly. I, I think the performances in general were good. Dude, the acting in this movie was great. Yeah. That was the thing too. I, I still don't know how I feel about the main girl, Dakota Johnson. I liked her. I liked her, but there has been some criticism about her acting, which I kind of get. You know, it's not like the most dynamic acting ever, but... Well, she's a girl, you know. She's just a girl. You know you know how they were in the 70s. Yeah, like... She, w- women now are, like, more, I want to say, like, wordy. Yeah. They're less, like, shy and, like, humble, you know. Now women mm-hmm. are assertive, like, as they should be. Because back in the day, they're, like, bashful and shit. And that's how she... Yeah. She, she, she seemed, like, too, like... Eh, like yeah that, that was similar to her character in the original film but there is a huge difference between her character in this film and her character in the original film oh yeah and i really can't say any more than that without giving away a huge spoiler but just pay attention to her character you know the, the way that she acts i think is kind of intentional you know being bashful like that because yeah, once you how... find out like what's going on with her character it kind of makes sense you think she knew the whole time, like, um, you think in that, a way, possibly. Yeah. You think, uh, you think that's why, like, she told, you know, uh, Madame Blanc, like, I, I needed to come see you. You know, that was maybe that was yeah. like fate. You know what I'm saying? That was her pull in life because yeah. she knew what she was. I she think, knew what she was. I think over the course of the film, like, she very obviously was changing. You know, and in, in, into who into she ways. really was, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. N- not spoiling anything no one has any clue what i'm talking about yeah. is she a witch i don't know what am i talking about yeah. i can't no spoilers yeah no i she she does go through a really dramatic change in this film which is way different than her character in the original so that is something to point out and i think it, it is interesting the way that they took her character arc i don't know if i like it i'm still kind of yeah i was adjusting that but. I, I was confused yeah. why do you think i looked at you in the theater i was remember i was like yeah. what the fuck is going on here it, like <laughs> it was super weird and like as the movie went on it got stranger and stranger uh i mean you know the original suspiria and you know i know they're two very different movies but you still kind of have to compare 
you know the, the original it was very stylized you know lots of like bright neon kind of colors and stuff and it just kind of had like a linear story but yeah this movie this like, one was super dark yeah there it was made, a lot made me fucking it. nervous mm-hmm. the imagery was really fucking disturbing yeah uh just remember these words bloodbath <laughs> that yeah. was the fucking craziest shit i've ever seen yeah there there's a scene that is uh really wild in this film there's a lot of really wild scenes uh you know they definitely took a lot of like creative liberties the first dancing scene was fucking ridiculously yeah i didn't think they were gonna like come at us that hard like with the first thing like the first supernatural thing but <laughs> they came yeah, in they fucking did. dick out like they're like yeah. get ready to be fucked like yeah no it, it the honestly the choreography for the dancing was was really quite good and Dakota Johnson did bring like a lot of energy to that. Apparently, she uh, took two years of ballet training in in preparation for like her role in the movie, Dang. which is insane. Yeah, it's, it's you know you gotta you gotta commit to stuff like that if you're going into like a role like this because otherwise she'd just be there like flailing her arms. You know, like she'd really look like she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, and th- it's all like you know interpretive dance anyway. So some people kind of saw it as being kind of shitty not understanding it but you're not really supposed to understand it you know yeah. and that's kind of how the movie is in general too you know like i didn't get certain parts of it as well but i can kind of formulate my own ideas about what it's supposed to represent because this movie is not you know up in your face like it pounds you with all these you know themes kind of subtly but it never comes out right and like says like yeah, this movie's about, you know, being a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, having regrets and blah, 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 living your life. You know, like, it doesn't really do that. But it takes it goes in a lot of different directions. The characters' interactions with each other, I feel like, are a lot more, like, personal and emotional than in the original film. Yeah, I don't really... I, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack about the movie. So it's kind of hard to even like talk about it, but I'm still not sure how I feel about the fact that it was set against this like background of the German autumn. I get why the film looks like it does though, you know, like it's it's not you know so like colored like the original film at yeah. all. It's like way duller, like just whites, pale colors, you know, cuz it's supposed to kind of represent like that, you know, socio-political environment that they were in so i thought it was an interesting twist i don't know if i like that necessarily i kind of wish it was more straightforward maybe that would have helped them trim the time (laughs) you know a little bit yeah like at least get it to two hours or something and i don't think you really have to sacrifice that much of you know like what you're trying to tell in in the you know in the themes and like the little side you know stories and stuff like that I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that just yet. I, uh, I'm trying to score it right now. That's why I'm on my phone. But uh, so for the acting, I gave it a four out of five. Okay. The plot, a three out of five. Because I just, I didn't like the, the twist that much. I'm sorry. Yeah. The camera, five out of five. The score, four out of five. The effects, the four out of five. I put in a new category, length. <laughs> I gave it a one out of five. Yeah. Giving this movie 21 out of 30 possible points, which... That doesn't sound that bad. It's a C minus, which is accurate as fuck okay. <laughs> for me. Yeah. I, th- I think I gave this movie out of five stars. I think I gave it a four, which... I, honestly, I did like it. I do agree that it was too long. That's the only problem I found with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the the acting. Some of it maybe could have been a let little me, bit better. Let me give you your mind, score. What would you give for the acting? All right, so out of five for the acting for me, overall I'll give it four out of five. I think that's fair. Okay, how about the plot? The plot, uh, three and a half out of five. That's around how I felt as well. Yeah. Camera. Five out of five. Yeah, that was yeah. that's undeniable. The score. The score, I, I don't know, I really liked it. I'll give it like a four and a half out of five. Uh, also, noti- notably, this was the, the debut film score, you know, debut of Tom York, who is the singer of Radiohead. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's probably why it's really good. 
How about the special effects? The effects, I thought overall, were actually pretty good. I'll, I'll give them a four and a half out of five. Sounds about right. Yeah, they use a lot of practical effects, which is really good. The like I said, the spoiler alert. You still don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The bone breaking was great. Yeah, that that was one thing that was in the trailer, sort of, but it, not at length. But all right. So speaking of length, what do you score <laughs> the length? So length. Uh, I gave it one because it yeah. was way too fucking long. Given, given how much like substance and things to think about there are in the film and the length of the shots that they took and everything, again, I don't not not that all that stuff is good that it's so long and in your face and in there like that and dense, but I'll give it two and a half out of five. Gotcha. Now to calculate. Okay. So, yeah, I, th- I think I give it like a four or four and a half out of five. I did really like the film overall. So you you gave it a 24.5 out of 30. Okay. So 81.6%. Okay. B minus. B minus. Yeah, I think that's fair for about how I feel about it. Yeah. It kind of lost itself occasionally with the writing, I feel like. That was one of the biggest things, you know, the kind of scene to scene. I was like, how did we suddenly get to this part? You know? Yeah. Uh, so that's where I thought it kind of fell off occasionally. It was very artsy, you know, kind of art housey. So certain transitions in the way that they showed certain things was, again, very interpretive, which is probably why, for me, it felt like it didn't flow as well as it could have. Yeah. But... I think that that's just uh, you know a consequence of taking a more stylized approach to it you know as far as camera and story and everything go and look if you're like me you're sitting at the theater and you kind of don't know when this movie's ending like <laughs> the whole time I'm like yo like I, we've been sitting here for yeah. a long my legs hurt I gotta pee but I don't want to miss this film so I didn't go pee mm-hmm. so I just held in my pee <laughs> so this is one of those movies uh, where you're sitting at the theater where you're like is this it? Yeah, it's it. No, there's another scene. No fuck. Yeah. What do you mean act four? You know? It, it, yeah, it kind of teases you with the acts and everything. It, it kind of it teases you from the beginning. Dude, we got to it, like fucking six. I was like, you're shitting me, right? Like, yeah, the beginning it said six acts in an epilogue. And I was like, oh, all right. We're in for the long haul here. Dude, like I... And it teases you. I just had... I just wanted to... St- I needed a cigarette. Like seriously, two and a half hours. I'm sitting yeah. there. I'm like... Bro, I just ate all these nachos. I drank like a... a <laughs> dude, I drank a keg of fucking Sprite. Yeah. Because it's a keg. If you pay $5, you get the, the, the large one. It's like a bucket, basically. Dude, it's 50 cents more than the regular one, and it's like the size of a toddler. Like, why? Yeah. What am I going to do with all this fucking Sprite? It's not watered-down Sprite either, like at the casino. Yeah. It's like Sprite. Like it's real terrible because it's so long, you're sitting there the whole time, like your legs are shaking. Like, fuck. Like, dude, my fucking blood pressure fluctuated <laughs> eight times throughout the film. One, yeah. the anxiety from how fucking disturbing this shit was. Yeah. Because it, it, it made me feel real uneasy. It made me feel nervous for, like, most of the movie. By the time we were at Act 4, I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, my heart was racing the whole time. I don't know if you saw me. I was, like, ca- counting my heartbeats mm-hmm. the whole time I was sitting there. But I had to piss. Yeah. <laughs> the Dude, if I was watching this at home, I think I, I would not care so much for the length. But, like, the fact that we, like, we found, like, one of two theaters that had it mm-hmm. and, like, we sat there the whole time like fuck remember those bro we're leaving after when the film was done i saw people still sitting waiting for the credits to finish rolling apparently there was a, a post credit scene but it it wasn't anything really like worth sticking around for or they, they, they zoomed in on a portrait or some shit yeah I don't, it was some you know vague ambiguous thing so i'm kind of glad i didn't stick around for it but apparently there was a post credit scene if you're interested in sticking around for it. But Yeah, this is not a... I would say this is not a movie theater movie. Like, this isn't... A, I mean, fuck, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say that because, like, we went on a dark-ass day and it was perfect, yeah. you know? Like, it was it was creepy. Like, it was the perfect mood for it, but, like, it just was too long. If it was... Yeah. I think if they cut it by, like, 45 minutes, it would have been the perfect film. They, yeah. They didn't really need every single scene, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you can you can pick and choose stuff like that you know we were kind of talking about it earlier you know if you talk to the director and you ask him you know what's this scene really necessary like why'd you put this in they're probably going to give you a reason why 
a certain scene is in there and even if it's just like a still frame of like a butterfly you know they can be like oh well the butterfly represents yeah this and this fucking so. directors you, <laughs> it, you guys are crazy. fucking <laughs> douchebags you, you yeah know a lot of stuff stays with us you know like why we put stuff in so i i don't know so the length i think thing, i think the writer who wrote this movie he didn't expect it to be <laughs> almost three hours i think he was just like yo can you do this mm-hmm. because like, i got you fam you want 18 shots in between every other shot of like floating butterflies and shit yeah. and, and rain and like rain hitting a roof and then transitioning to dancing with with just the teacher staring at the student with like no context and they switch to another scene that has nothing to do with that one mm-hmm. why don't you come sit down <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not i mean obviously you know we're just talking shit to be funny but like you know i enjoyed the movie but i also feel like the shit talking is necessary because like i don't know i felt like like i said if i was at home this would have been like the the greatest like this is like a tuesday like like a wednesday evening rainy night movie like yeah it's it's definitely got that kind of vibe that i think you know seeing it in the theater would you would feel that and i think it would be super effective versus if you were just like at home because you're seeing everything, the sound is blown out, you know, so you're getting that that score, like, super hard in your ears. Oh, I get that here, too. I turn on the subwoofer. Yeah, if the you have surround sound, sure, yeah. I mean, I like sitting in the theater and experiencing it, though. It was a really, like, visceral experience. It really the was. It really was. Because, you know, with the huge screen and everything, and when you see those effects on that screen, it's it's pretty brutal, you know. So, I liked the theater experience, except, yeah, it was it was a bit long, but... Uh, definitely go into this expecting to see these kind of, you know, heavily thematic shots and stuff. You know, there's a lot about Nazism and, and stuff like that in the film. So just kind of try to keep an open mind with this movie. Uh, I do recommend going to see it, but I think it should kind of be judged on its own merits and not really in comparison with the original film. You have to have some sort of like not intellectual depth but like some sort of depth in like how you perceive art yeah like you can't just like oh you know the movie was too long therefore it's all shit oh this was weird that what that's not scary like yeah you can't go into it like that this definitely isn't like a friday night like just go hang out with your friends no it's not like get some laughs in type of movie. bro this is like you're by yourself and you smoke the joint mm-hmm. and then you turn this movie on and then you just freak the fuck out. Yeah, by and the you're end. just not having a good night. And then you gotta you gotta watch 18 episodes of Family Guy and South Park after to stop you from having nightmares about yeah. witches. The next morning you wake up, you're still having like existential dread, questioning yeah. like who you are and stuff. Yeah, this movie will kind of get to you like that. Do I kill someone <laughs> when I dance? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's move on now. I think we've said pretty much what we're gonna say about Suspiria. Oh yeah, go Again. see it if you could. I'm getting the Blu-ray once it comes out, so... Yeah. This I'll, this for sure, and Halloween for sure. Yeah. I want to see all the special features on this. Again, you know, this is a very polarizing movie just based on, like, how it's written, how it's portrayed. But I think if you keep an open mind, you might enjoy it. So I th- I think if you enjoyed, enjoyed Hereditary, you'll enjoy this. Yeah, it's it's got a very... I was actually thinking about Hereditary as I was watching this. Yeah. You know, like, I can... I can kind of see how they're similar in 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 tone and and substance. The thing is though, like I've never watched a horror movie like this new Suspiria too. Like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it's not like I was watching a Bloomhouse horror like Insidious and Conjuring. You know they feel similar. Yeah. Paranormal Activity, all those have the same vibe, but this was like different. This this movie feels like a movie that I would watch at like this like little underground movie theater in like a back alley of Venice or some yeah. shit like that. You know, like yeah. I don't know something like that like it's very rustic like and and art housey like if if you're gonna go see this movie with like a girl like if you're one of us like you really you have to have been going out with her for like a year she has to at least kind of like horror yeah and you have to like love her you can't just like bring your side chick to go see this movie fellas you can't do that yeah this isn't really like a first date night type no this is i think you're weird this is like when you're a year into the relationship and you both know how like poetic you and emotional and deep you both are and you got to go see this artsy ass yeah. movie like or how the, crazy you both are yeah <laughs> yeah i i think that that's a good way to to cap that off exactly so. <laughs> exactly 
let's let's move on now to our final segment of the episode and then we're gonna wrap up this is the return of the chopping block Ah! we're back bitches so this uh week's chopping block is about uh another new netflix um i believe it's a netflix original film called apostle directed by the raids own gareth evans and this is actually his first english language movie in a while uh it's got dan stevens michael sheen in it mark lewis jones it's got a pretty good cast in it i liked dan stevens who's the main guy thomas richardson and uh do you remember what the movie is mostly about so there's without giving like huge spoilers okay so okay no spoilers i won't give any spoilers so so basically there's this guy and objectively speaking he's a piece of shit but you (laughs) know his sister's being held for ransom by this fucking cult Mm -hmm. and uh you know he has to go there and like pretend like he's not her brother basically like he's like he's like undercover and then you know what usually happens in these cult movies oh i'll go i'll go there undercover they go they spy on them they eventually get spotted and then all hell breaks loose and you find out they're not this friendly cult that you thought and that's basically the yeah. like, much more brutal than that uh also this movie had me feeling extremely fucking nervous bro like mm-hmm. so i was like i was in here watching it you know it's like it's fucking 2 a.m like was it back a couple days i think tuesday night is when i watched it yeah. it was unnerving to say the least yeah i not not like well kind of like the whole like because you're wondering like yo what the fuck like where is this going like that's Mm -hmm. how i felt for like at least but but, i don't know by the time you get to like the third act Mm -hmm. i don't know if that would be considered yeah like shit hits the the fucking fan bro yeah the end sequence it i think uh i think it did what it wanted to do it kept us it kept me like it kept my heart pounding the whole time and then when shit finally hit the fan like it was like exactly what i expected because like i don't know i just it was a fucking kind of spoiler it was a fucking bloodbath of a movie bro yeah. that was fucking brutal there was there was good gore in this movie it was fucking ridiculous yeah the thing i liked about this movie similar to the other two films that we've talked about today is that it kind of like slowly played up the supernatural elements like it like the witch yeah so kind of like the like it was like it was yeah, like similar. it was like the wicker man with like with like witch the witch and like at least and then the gore aspect some terrifier vibes yeah. you know because because as as you and the and the main character like simultaneously kind of discover more about the cult it gets crazier and crazier the thing i liked about this one though is that what happens you, you really didn't expect it i mean uh-huh. same kind of applies with like suspiria you know but on the surface this movie looks similar to kind of like the village like it's you know this like cult he's infiltrating it and he kind of has to like find out what's going on you know there's things like out in like the woods and stuff that people are afraid you know stuff like that but it kind of does turn it on its head yeah in like the third act uh so i liked that part of it i thought the pacing was was good yeah the pacing was good the the score also the score the atmosphere Mm -hmm. camera work was like pretty good too like especially for like I mean, you see these, like, Netflix release movies. Like, let's be real. A lot of them are pretty crappy. But, like, this one was filmed really well, too. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, like, big, bigger film projects, I think, are done really well. Depending on, you know, who they crew as, like, the director and camera and all that. But, you know, th- this movie had some stars in it. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was done well. The cinematography was... I don't know. Th- there were some shots, like... Shaky. Like, well, th- I was going to say there's some shots that were really good. Like uh, the one, it, it was from the trailer, so it's not like a huge spoiler, but that when that guy gets strapped to that table. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I was and, like, yeah. referring to earlier when I was talking about like the the good camera work. Like, yeah, that, the camera work in that was awesome. It made you feel Otherwise, like... Because like, it, it kind of showed you like, it was like one thing at a time. It wasn't like, yo, we're putting him on the table. We're about to drill his fucking head. It was yeah. like, it was like, yo he's laying down strap him in take this start mm-hmm. turning like it was like it was just like dude just fu- ah! like you know it was like <laughs> yeah everything was super deliberate but yeah, it wasn't a particularly like super long movie so i thought that the the structure like the pacing was good 
I was rocking back and forth for the majority of the film. So in general, I was just like, I don't know. I think like the, the director did a good job if it was the director's choice. Maybe it was the writer like, yo, I mostly the writer because like it wasn't really like the camera work that made me nervous. It was just what the fuck was going on. So like, yeah, it was definitely an uns- like if I had to put myself in the main character. Nah, fuck, place, fuck that. <laughs> I, I would be pretty. Uh, I would be uh, pretty oh, unnerved for I'd, sure. I'd, <laughs> I'd be, be paranoid as shit. I'd be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk about. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't get out of that. <laughs> but uh, yes, honestly, like a lot of the end sequences were really great. Uh, I guess we could talk about the themes, you know, I mean, this is like a, th- th- this is a cult that, that accepts and realizes some God, right? Yeah. And, um, but not, so, not the traditional Abrahamic. Right. One. But still, there are lots of themes of religion in this film, you know, religious acceptance, things like uh piety and you or, know or or at least like some sort of facade of religious acceptance you right, know yeah. as a lot of religions do like yeah hey I, everything's all good or as, as we kind of learn you know the the leaders of this of this cult of this you know group whatever they want to like call themselves they're kind of all vying for power so it's this like internal struggle similar to i guess suspiria you know yeah. Um, it, we didn't really talk about like the religious tones of that movie like a lot because that would kind of play into talking about the story but there were some religious tones in that film this movie was all pretty much that but I, I liked it though because it still felt kind of like a like an adventure sort of you know like it wasn't just all like in your face like rah religion's bad yeah <laughs> you know don't listen to gods like I don't know like it wasn't just all it was like that. more like how like i don't know people can like demonize any like sort of like group group mm-hmm. thought like so if one person thinks like yo this this guy thinks we should like fuck people up and you know he's the almighty and then they, they get a whole bunch of other people to think like that then you're in yeah. for a fucking shitstorm especially if they start kidnapping people <laughs> yeah it's so i think the major theme of this movie is don't join cults <laughs> Don't get kidnapped by cults. Yeah. Uh, if Especially you're, not if they're in a cave. If your sister gets kidnapped by a cult, most likely you should just leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> or you could pay the ransom. Yeah, or just pay the fucking ransom. Yeah, whatever. Like, don't don't be stingy. Just pay the people. Don't be yeah. fucking spy master general. You're not right. fucking Sherlock Holmes. You're yeah. going to die. But, I mean, w- one of the biggest th- themes of this movie was just, you know, like, if people are desperate, like, what kind of things what they do to survive you know including turning to religion yeah so it was an interesting film i thought it was well written well acted i thought the effects were good i wouldn't say it was like a standout film you know which is is one of the biggest i guess downfalls of it but it was it it was was enjoyable yeah it was done well but it wasn't like fucking they didn't like do anything like new i want to say yeah i'm I'm not going to be talking about it that much at the end of the year like i will something like summer of 84 or mandy or something like that yeah but it was it was a decent film so for me this one is not chopped i think if it's on your list you should definitely check it out no it's not chopped and it's like right on netflix so you should watch apostle it's brand new it's still trending and like the horror films uh go check it out so i think that's pretty much going to wrap it up here you guys, as always, can keep up with all of our uh, delicious content on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Grave Discussions. And we also have a website, gravediscussions.net. All the new episodes are on there. You can go look at the host bios and uh, email us, whatever you want to do. So stay tuned for more content. And we will see you next week on Grave Discussions. <laughs> This has been an SRD production.